Welcome to Walk It Off. This is our midweek happy hour hang. And my hands are moving because I'm so excited to be here with you, Drew, because this is Walk It Off with Drew and Dave. And Dave. Yeah, how's it going, buddy? It's going, it's, you, it's going well. I always feel like I need coaching on uh, on the intro because, because I mean, I got to say, I mean, you, you do it so well every week on WXNA. And I'm not just blowing smoke, but like it's part of the professionalism you bring to the I'll show is to be, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe I am blowing smoke. Uh, I'm not. You do. It's the consistency, but also the personality that comes through is amazing. And I, I feel like I wilt under the obligation to do the intro every time but i'm excited to do it every time i'm it, it's fun well that's and, why you're doing it now you're getting that experience because i'm not giving up the radio show intros i'm taking them we'll see about that i just want to so, read yeah, just get, give me a read drew here, man happy yeah. hour hangs this is our oh, happy you hour can hangs. have all the reads if you want them. <laughs> i know huh? <laughs> i knew yeah, you'd you run away that from the reads is what happens mm-hmm. yep just a thousand <laughs> miles that's it yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't get to share the reads anymore. You got oh, all the uh, boom. that's all in the studio. What a shame. You know, I gotta say, actually, I like the reads because if there's one thing I'm proud of, it's being able to elocute something I could read in front of me that I don't have to make up at all. And to what and now? <laughs> to <laughs> to say perfectly the words to where they're very understandable based on how they're written. Uh, but it is a tough time sometimes when some of them are major long run on sentences, but they're still really fun to read. I love yeah, it. We don't write the copy people. We just read Fair them. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> as, as a journalist, uh, life of a radio host. <laughs> yeah, seriously. As a, as a write a former written journalist, there's some of those sentences that I'm like, we could simplify this a bit, but <laughs> the cool thing is it's the personality of the shows and that's what you want to come across. Yeah, we we joke, but uh, joke. I don't mind reading them either. It's it's always nice to have the sponsors in there. For if sure. anyone out there is listening, you know, we accept underwriting. No you doubt. Can head over to WXNA's website at wxnafm.org and get yourself some good rates on the best radio station in Nashville. Yeah, and let's just say, like, one of the, you know, like you said, we joke, but a lot of those underwriting and a lot of those sponsors are really inspiring uh, with their missions and what they do. And, you know, we, we say it a lot on the air on WXNA, but really proud to be a part of that WXNA community. And then add this little Absolutely auxiliary not. that we have over here that hopefully feeds into that, uh, honestly. I mean, it's all about the whole universe, the whole world working uh, working together. And there's a lot of really inspirational organizations that are part of the WXNA community. So it, they, they are oh, yeah. fun. The radio station, the show, are being a part of radio here in nashville that's that's our baby and we love it obviously we're so grateful and happy to be a part of it and we take that you know so seriously every week that responsibility and privilege to be here talking sports with you guys on the radio every single week this year you know i love this too this is a great time but we started doing this as more of kind of a low-key hang basically just so we could we could see each other during covid and we could talk about sports that we might not have a chance to during our radio time. So That's right. just catch up a little bit. This is the midweek happy hour hang. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. This isn't our radio Ooh, show. We don't have sponsors sound. or advertising yet, but we're having a little happy hour. We're hanging out and we're talking sports. And it's always great because one of the things we try to balance on the radio for a little inside baseball for you guys is having a weekly recap show. You know, we're very proud True. of you know, our little taglines. We'll give you everything you need to know in the week that was and the week that will be. All you got to do is listen Sunday night and you will be an up-to-date, knowledgeable sports fan. That's all it takes. Not novice or expert. Feel, it's for all it of you. It does feel strange sometimes when we're, you know, keeping our notes for the upcoming show, getting our outlines together and all that stuff where, okay, that's from Monday. And we don't get to talk about it till the following Sunday, especially things like the playoffs. Yeah, where yeah, you we, know the Preds are in the playoffs, we want to talk about every single Preds playoff game. It's so true, important to true. us here in Nashville. But then we find ourselves spending 15 minutes of the weekly recap show talking about a game that happened a week ago. It doesn't quite make sense. 
So that's one of the beautiful things we get to do about this show is talk about a game like game one of the NBA Finals that just happened tonight that you are just returning, obviously, from a very partisan watch party. I would say so. No, no Milwaukee fans allowed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's for, you know, I was going to make a joke, but I don't think I could execute it well. But I'm going to try it anyway, because why not? So what, uh, it, what do you think? Do you think there was a higher shot percentage for the Phoenix Suns tonight or a higher percentage of walk it off Sunday radio shows that go into lightning rounds? <laughs> which which percentage is higher? I but but uh, you better be talking Suns free throw shooting if you want to compare those. <laughs> that, that's true because because of what you're saying, like we wind up at the end going into lightning round, just like all right, one minute per topic, let's roll through it. So uh, yeah, it is and you nice kill me listen. every time. It's like all right, Dave, lightning round. Okay, let me start talking about everything about this so, game. No, it's a, lightning round, it's, man. It's like Giannis at the free throw line. <laughs> <laughs> Am I going to have to start counting while yeah, you go to lightning round? <laughs> Which, by the way, all right, let's dive into that game because one of my favorite things about it, and I think I, I think this is clearly coming from a bias, but as a sports fan, especially a Nashville sports fan who loves the chance, loves the disruption, the 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 immediate disruption that our fans can cause by – totally i mean disrespecting within the sports realm uh, and and tearing down a, another a competitive athlete by telling them that they suck and telling them that it's all their fault i loved that the phoenix suns fans today counted down at a very high decibel it sounded like over the tv every counted second up. counted up sorry yes i felt like <laughs> i I, I got that mixed up as I felt like I was at New Year's every time, even though I know it was going I the reverse. I countdown, too, when we were <laughs> tweeting about it during the game. Like, I don't know. It just, I know. sounds weird to say count up, so just a count. Just a count. But no, man, before you get too into it, let me okay. just tie okay. it together, the point we were making earlier. This was a great game. This was a very fun game. This was game one of the NBA Finals, and yet it happened on a Tuesday night. So there's going to be, what, two more NBA Finals games by the time we hit the airwaves again True. on Sunday night. Yeah, yeah. So this yeah. is perfect for what we get to talk about here on the Happy Hour Hang. Because a game like this, you know, we might not be able to give it, obviously, we wouldn't give it anywhere near the attention that it deserves on Sunday nights, just because more sports things have happened since then. And great. we want to talk about all of it. Yeah. But here on the Happy Hour Hang, we get to talk about a great basketball game and your team playing in the NBA Finals in just an incredibly fun game. I'm excited. Can you tell? Let's say uh, I'm, I'm glad you made that point. That's that's a fantastic way. This would have been a one and that's it. We would have talked about win or loss for each team and, and then gone right to recapping what we might have had time for on Sunday's game. And that would have been it. But and we get to have a beer while we do it. Exactly, which leads me to the thing that I want to make sure that we never miss at the beginning of these happy hour, happy hour hangs. Very important. I want to know what can you popped just a couple seconds ago and how you're celebrating this Phoenix Suns win. Oh, man. I'm obviously celebrating this Phoenix Suns win very strongly <laughs> right now. I know you're looking out for your bro, but... But I don't have nearly the deep beer cellar that you have, so... I know I repeat myself a few times on these happy hour hangs. Nothing wrong with that. But we're right now back to the Sour Monkey from Victory Brewing. One of the best. Sour uh, Triple. I've mentioned it before. You were the person who got me into sour beers years ago in the first place. And I've become quite a fan of a lot of them. And this is a nice one. Myself, I'm a big fan of triples because I like a good, strong beer that still tastes nice and smooth. Well said. Not a hop drinker like a nice smoother beer and yeah man this is not a bad one at all no nope. it might be a little even higher on the tart side for my taste in sours you know it's not quite my favorite like a say a sequench or something like that fair yeah that makes sense those are those are a but little still, more easy going still a damn fine beer this isn't one i'd want to drink all night obviously but no but it's, the it's good... a damn fine beer and it's nine and a half percent so well that was... always makes my <laughs> it's true and I was going to say, the good news about any beer that is that once you get to the third or fourth, it doesn't matter how it tastes. But when it's 
you're going to get there even quicker. So uh, <laughs> that's even better. So you say you can't drink them all night, but I'm betting you can if you get enough in you. Um, <laughs> I, I jumped online at noon today. This was like concert tickets, like, like game one of a series tickets. Like you had to be there to press the button to order the new batch of Renhouse's Rally Beer today. Ooh, I so, like this. A limited edition fancy yeah. I'll show, list. I'll show off just a little bit more. So we got the Gorilla, one of the more infamous mascots yeah. in the NBA and in sports. That's right. We're on, we're on the same monkey wavelength. Um, <laughs> and and, and it, was, it was great because this is actually their kind of light lager, which I'll pick up 12 packs of and hang out all the time called Valley Beer. And of course, they changed it and kind of changed the um, the branding to for the Suns Run to Rally Beer, and they sell out within minutes. So it was really nice to have this in hand. Uh, the next one I've got to track down is Goldwater Brewing's Crisp Paul uh, Elocution, um, <laughs> and uh, which is which is another light drinking beer that I'll try to have for the next time we do this. But this is what the happy hour hangs are all about. You and I. You know, having our barroom banter, almost like we're at the barroom. Exactly, man, and that's the that's the point of walk it off as well. The whole True. radio show is based around not trying to break news, not trying to give those screaming hot takes, but the barroom banter that you would find with your friends just talking about sports. If your friends were professional sports radio talk show hosts, yes, and knew their shit like we do, yep. so. It makes it a lot of fun, and we're, again, just so grateful to WXNA for taking a chance on us and putting us on the radio on a radio station that has such unbelievably knowledgeable DJs, True, but yeah. no other sports talk shows. So we get to cover all of it, baby. Yep, we're holding down the fort for this really eclectic radio station that really has the best of the best and really exemplifies the spirit of Nashville, the variety within Nashville. I think that's what's really cool. So we get to be the standard bearers of the sports corner of that world. And that's pretty darn cool, man. Man, now if we could just be standard bearers of uh, people that people wanted to follow along on social media for. Yeah. Man, I'm, I guess I'm not as eloquent tonight, buddy. <laughs> Where are y'all at? Follow us on social media. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of, we are posting a lot of great content and we're putting a lot of this stuff out there. So I think it is a call to anybody watching I mean, share it with friends. Uh, we want other people to hear, uh, the voices of Nashville that we're trying to represent and be a part of this conversation because we've made clear from the get go that even though this comes out in barroom banter between Drew and Dave, this is a dialogue between Nashville and us. And we want to hear from you. We want to hear the halftime songs that you think would be fitting. We want to hear the topics that you want to talk about. We want to hear your feelings on some of the more, I, I dare I say, controversial uh, dis discussions about Nashville sports, the things that are going to create opinions and have um, you, you feeling, feeling your feelings, you know, it's so, uh, you know, we've, we really want to hear from everybody and welcome you to be a part of, of, of this community discussion about Nashville sports. Look, I understand I'm not the best social media guy. Disagree. <laughs> That's fair. Well, it, it's just, uh, it's not the preferred medium that we go here. That's why we have a sports talk radio show. I know every time I try to post a sports topic, I end up doing three paragraphs that are basically what we would want to say if we were on radio about that topic. And that's not it. We need those snappy those snappy one-liners, those memes, whatever that'll catch your attention in a, such an impermanent media. Maybe we should do TikTok. And you're a bit better at that than I am, but you don't ever fucking post anything, so. <laughs> Paragraphs it is, people. <laughs> uh, I, can't, I can't argue with that. That is the most fair and honest call-out that I've had in a while, and I appreciate it. Uh, I maybe, maybe I should just, I mean, I'm, I'm more of a TikTok guy. <laughs> So, uh, I mean, I focus most of my attention on my OnlyFans, but I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you want me to post, Drew, I got lots of David feet pics if you want them up there. Uh, that was not where I was expecting this to go. All right, <laughs> I, I, we were trying to get followers, right? Not, not lose uh, them. That's my bad. Man, why do they call you the polar bear? <laughs> you want to find out? It's not because I can hit home runs. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'll tell you that much. Get at them paws. <laughs> oh, I love it. Ah, sports. I'll tell you. <laughs> we do have fun, yeah. though, man. This is this we do is like the more informal portion of the happy hour hang as well. So that that is true. That is true. Because you can call me out using the f word too, and I appreciate that. No, it's good. Oh, man, does that mean that the YouTube link of this one has to be censored now? I always say it's not fit for kids. <laughs> every time so uh it's always a qualification i make just because i'm sure it's not <laughs> yeah we might let a little something slip although we are radio professionals we are we usually stay it's within very those easy bounds. to not let anything slip yeah so it actually it's takes just a little blurry line over here on this too especially yeah. since uh <laughs> since i come from recording a couple podcasts to where we are not at all safe for family, so <laughs> this online recording thing gets the lines blurred slightly. It it definitely does, and it almost takes more effort to cross that line than it does to not cross it because we're so in tune with our radio uh, personality, our, our radio limitations, I should say. Um, so, you know, in general, uh, outside of the only fan comments, this is a uh, mostly. <laughs> Mostly family-friendly show. I mean, it's just sports talk. And I know when I was a 12-year-old uh, kid, you know, rooting for the Phoenix Suns. Let's see. 93. Last time they were in the finals, I was seven years old. And I was big into sports. Big into the Suns. Uh, big into football. Um, hockey, soccer, things like that were well into my future of, of appreciation. Baseball even. Uh, for the best, I was, I think, at that time. Oh, boy. That I started being a becoming a Barry Bonds fan when he was with the Giants, but mid to late nineties. Uh, I know, doo 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 So I know. Can, can you picture it? The little kid David sitting there. But it was all. It was I'm all some Wonder Years flashbacks here. Which, by the way, did you see the commercial today for Wonder Years? I did. It's on it's on my mind now. I know. Uh, my point is I would have as seven year old David, 1993, I would have appreciated a show like this. I would have really enjoyed it. So borderline family friendly is how I define us. <laughs> yeah. You, you can leave your kids alone in front of the walk it off happy hour hang or that's definitely true. the archives definitely. at WXNAFM.org. hundred percent. So that's, yeah, that's 100%. This is like 98%. Yeah. Yeah. Or 90, what, 96.5, the Phoenix Suns free throw shooting tonight? Jeez. You know, that is, that's where the Suns, that's where the Suns live. Like, all right. I, there's so many things I have to say about this game. But what I will say is that they played a generally, I don't want to say perfect, but great game. The Suns played a great game. Uh, let's start offensively. And the one thing that wasn't surprising was the free throws. That's something that I don't feel like was in the area of perfection that can't be replicated. There are, there are other things that I feel like qualify as that. And when I take a step beyond just those, um, even though it was really impressive, one missed free throw, insane. That's how you win a game. And it was at the end in garbage time, And it was at the end too. in garbage time, yeah. I By Jay, they were be couldn't perfect. hit a shot anyway all night. Jay Crowder. Uh, but... But he played good defense. He did. So that's the next thing. So let's maybe this is a, this is a good way to recap, right? Let's still look at all the things the Suns did really well to start. All right, is that a? Homer? I'm going to look at everything the Bucks said did really <laughs> well to start. Home, is that a Homer way to start? I'm feeling my bias come through. But <laughs> let's just talk about how perfect the Phoenix Suns are. <laughs> all right, you got to keep me in check, Drew. You really do. Uh, Free throws. Hey, we're here, man. Your team is in the finals. Please thank have you. at. Thank this you. Is, I, this is what, as sports fans, we wait for. This is and it's and one of the reasons the that we root for. We wait for a long time. So we do, and it's one of the reasons oh, that I love doing a radio wild, show man. with you. And you're one of my besties because we get you, you get it, you get it, and I appreciate that freedom. Free throws can be done again. Incredible feat, but that's that's not unusual for the Suns. Uh, the defense that they played tonight. Not unusual. Probably can't be replicated against that team to the degree that they did tonight. But let's call it 80%. They can get to 80 to 90% of what they did tonight, night in and night out. The tough part is the, the 
the offense that I think was uber balanced. They shot really, really well. Just barely outshot Milwaukee still. And so the shot selection was great. Like they were they were just extremely efficient. And that that's what scares me because coming off of this Clippers series, I realize how shaky that could be. I've seen Chris Paul and Devin Booker come down and miss 20 shots in a row. I've seen this happen where all of our wings go cold and there's not a three-pointer that can be found. And I've seen that happen for almost two games straight, which tells me if that happens for just one, the the Bucks are in it because the Bucks have all those same attributes. And I didn't realize it to the degree that I do now how deep they were. It really took the last couple of games of this last series to realize against Atlanta to realize how deep they were in terms of scoring. I already knew on defense in terms of scoring and versatility and uh, and next man upness. Um, so that it's it's a really dangerous team, and it just showed you that you have to play near perfect basketball against a team that still shot forty five percent from the field and over fifty percent from the three point line uh, to to beat them by thirteen points or whatever the final was. Man, as someone who doesn't really have a horse in this race, or or does, as we alluded to on be yeah, careful week. <laughs> you you I think you have both horses in this race. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We're, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. But plus, I'm rooting for the Suns because uh, you, buddy, I like to see it. I got to cheer. And I, you know, you're just looking for good games. Yeah. When you're a sports fan. And none of your teams are in the finals. None of your hated teams are in the finals. Because that's a thing that somehow seems to come up more often than True. not. Yeah. You root for good games. And the way this game started out was just so exciting. You'd say, okay, this is game one. First of all, we had the drama of Will Giannis play. I know. And man, all the props to him. Going from doubtful to questionable to that workout that we saw saying, okay, he's probably on the the positive side of the coin flip at this point, to, of course, the watch bomb dropping and saying that he was playing tonight to play in 35 minutes tonight, yeah. 35 effective minutes. So impressive. But, yeah, we had this great buildup where all day we were kind of hearing these tidbits drop about this game. And then that first quarter especially, this whole game was great. But that first quarter especially was just played so fast. It was. So intense. It was so much fun to watch. Just You go to the finals. You want to see the two best teams in the league. You want to see the best basketball on the biggest stage. And I really feel that that's what we got tonight. You know, for Phoenix, they played so well. You never really felt like this game was in doubt after halftime. But you still felt that if they slipped up at all, yeah, the way Milwaukee was playing they were going to come back. Yeah. It was a weird game like that. We, we were talking about that before it came, we came on air. I mean, the Suns, as a fan of the Suns, it was one, it was a, the perfect game to watch because for most of the second half, you felt generally comfortable. There were certainly times where I was uncomfortable, especially in that fourth quarter. But you felt mostly comfortable. You felt like the team had some level of control and ability to win this rather than it being a coin flip. But you also felt like it was a competitive game. And it wasn't a blowout, which I, I've, I've said it on the air a million times. And I'll say it a million times over. I will take a blowout every day. I'll take four 30-point <laughs> wins to sweep this team rather than having competitive games in a seven-game series. I know the general fan doesn't want that. But I do because that's less anxiety and more sleep that I get. But but this is uh, the perfect game. I really uh, can't imagine much, and it really bodes well, much I'd want different. It bodes well for the rest of the series for, for two reasons. One, Milwaukee didn't show a bunch of weakness, which I think is great. Like The Suns just outshone them a little bit more, which means that somebody's going to come back and regress to the mean, and I, and I feel like they both can be really competitive with each other. And two, Giannis was incredible coming off that injury. I just want to echo what you said. He was, within the first couple minutes, he was he was going for an alley-oop after a hyperextended knee. And he was... That chase-down block? The chase-down block, fighting in the lane, taking fouls, giving fouls. 
he was he was playing without fear and he really felt he looked like he looked like he felt like he was 100%. I was and still shocked they gave him 35 minutes, but it's the finals. Couldn't believe it. I mean, I, I honestly think, and this is always a debate, you don't want to go down 0-1, but this team knows how to battle back, and you know how valuable he is. I don't, And, and you know how they can win without him. I, I feel like the prudent and smart thing to do especially before the game, after the game, I'm not so sure because he played really well and seemed relatively healthy, but I don't, I don't see how you justify playing him after being gone a few days and him being doubtful. If he was anywhere near that, you sit him game one, you know, you've got two home games, you know, you've got a team that's built to, to handle this. You can potentially, because it's not a it's not a given. You're going to sacrifice game one the way this team is playing. You potentially sacrifice it. Potentially, you just lower your chances and rest him up. The way he played tonight, though, it was absolutely the right call. He mm-hmm. played like a healthy Giannis Antetokounmpo, no doubt. So that was fantastic. But man, the the Chris Middleton coming out party, superstar watch, absolutely keeps on rolling. You said you didn't really have too many nervous moments in this game. But what about when we got a little flashbacks to the last games of that Hawks series? Oh boy, fell where after way. a slow start, all of a sudden Middleton couldn't miss for a time in the second half. That's that's when I was that having a heart a attack. Moment. It, that, that was definitively it. I mean, anytime it got under ten, and they worked their way there a couple of times. But when you could see Chris Middleton, I think he hit like three threes in a row or something like that. And these Heating are up. he's on fire. And what blows my mind about this guy is, uh, well, two things. First off, he had some weird-ass threes, and I love them. <laughs> and they are – he's not like shooting like Sean Marion weird, but but his he's off balance. He can do anything. And then he complements it with a, an incredible um, uh, key presence. Like, he, he can do so much. Uh, we talked about it I, I, on one of these shows last week. It was either The Hang or on uh, WXNA on Sunday night. But he is – He's an underrated star. And we've been talking about him as the second banana in 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 Milwaukee for a long time. I mean, it was three years ago you were debating is it is it Eric Bledsoe, is it Chris Middleton? But it's been Chris Not Middleton. In the playoffs we weren't. No, no, that's true. <laughs> as soon as that happened, and he he has really grown into being a I mean, a definitive all star caliber player and Olympic it, team caliber player. I, there's no doubt. And I mean one of those maybe level two stars the way he's playing right now, because we know how uh, being able to do it in the playoffs, how important that is. And he's done it over and over again, and he's doing it again right now. And he's the scariest part of, of that Bucks team, in my opinion, as much as, as, as impressive and as scary as Giannis can be. Look, NBA heads, all those basketball fans, we already know Chris Middleton. We, we all know that Chris Middleton was Milwaukee's crunch time closer this year, even with a healthy Giannis. He's the guy who gets the ball in his hand for that final shot. He's a star in this league. But this is absolutely his national stage star turn. Yeah. And it's it's exciting to see. It is. Although I know you don't want to see too much more of it. But I want to say the same thing for, you know, maybe not Devin Booker, despite how fantastic he's been and how much he's raised his game. Maybe not for Chris Paul, despite him shutting down the critics in the biggest games of his career, playing these unreal games. 38 points tonight, 41 points the other night, three turnovers across those two games. Insane. That's point God from Charlotte days. <laughs> it's amazing to see. But DeAndre Ayton is the guy I want to highlight there as the guy who kind of gets lost in the shuffle a little bit. We talk about him almost at the same level as a McCall Bridges or even Cam Johnson, the way he's played in these playoffs as that extra kind of, you know, the the rotation players that help out the stars. But, man, he was, what, one rebound short of a double do- of a 20-point double-double tonight? Yep, yep. Yeah, it was – it's fantastic. And I think that's going to be a huge part of this series when we saw the narrative between the Hawks and Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals be that points-in-the-paint disparity, which Milwaukee dominated in their victories – even with Giannis out, we saw Brooke Lopez get a lot of easy baskets right around the hoop. We saw some of that tonight, too. And I think that's going to be a real evolving storyline 
And it's going to be DeAndre Ayton playing the biggest part of that. I mean, he's pretty much the size for the Suns, especially if we saw Dario Saric go down in this game, if yep. he has to miss some time. I mean, you don't trust Frank Kaminsky in the NBA Finals. No, he's a big body you can throw against him. I think he's actually our only legit seven-footer on the team, but that's all. That, that's really all he can add. I mean, he's, he's had peaks and valleys, and who knows, maybe – you know how weird sports can be. Maybe being in Milwaukee, playing against Milwaukee as as a Wisconsin grad and having his connection to that city in that area, <laughs> it may, maybe it brings out another level of Frank, but th- that's not even worth discussing, frankly. You, you are you're 100% correct. We, I think anybody would have bet that that would be the Suns' weakness coming into here is can DA step up? Can he play a big role? And then two – do you have any depth behind him? What if he gets hurt? What if he stinks? What if he's having an off game? And knowing that we're going to go in round one against Anthony Davis, and then you go in round two against Nikola Jokic, Jokic, sorry, MVP. Uh, and then, I mean, still, um, I'm blanking on the the center for the Clippers, but um, who who missed the last couple of games? Uh, You're not comparing Zubac to uh, no Jokic. No, not not at all. Like that was a major step down, but but he still provided like a run in there. But this DA has been the most astounding part of this playoff run, which is saying a lot because the Suns are. I, and I I know I always got to qualify it with with bias, but I really truly think they've had one of the most astounding playoff rises I've seen from a team in a long time in terms of right. overcoming expectations in terms of narrative and in terms of players stepping up and making their mark. And that's why I'm, I'm really happy and glad you brought that up. Cause DA is, is, is doing something incredible. I mean, he's shooting 70% from the field. Uh, only him and Shaq have done that uh, in the playoffs for this many games. Uh, he tied um, Tim Duncan for, the most 15 and 15 games in their playoff debut. I think uh, he's up there with Tim Duncan and, and Lou Alcindor for the best playoff starts for a big man in terms of double doubles or something like that. I'm making those last couple stats up, but he's in that category there. I don't remember what the stat, what the stat was, but these are epic numbers from a guy that we thought was just going to hold the line. And he's been raising the bar. And I, I'll just reiterate this last thing one more time. He's raised the bar against three of the best centers in the NBA by a long shot, Jokic, AD, and Giannis. That's insane. That's insane. I do like those lineups when they play Giannis at the five. I do too. (laughs) I do too. Yeah. That's what's fascinating because he's such such an absolute focal point right now of what this series is going to become. He's so important to the dynamic of this NBA finals. And yet... You know, until now, the storyline has been the guy who got drafted over Luka Doncic, the guy who got drafted over Trey Young. Trey Young, yeah. Those two superstars in that draft. Now, we don't talk about Morgan Bagley anymore, but (laughs) yeah, this is a great story for what DeAndre Ayton's doing. And I'm sure anybody on the Suns would tell you what an absolute linchpin he is to what they've become. And as someone who doesn't have the same bias as you, these Suns are a fun team to watch. They're an easy team to root for. Yeah. And it's it's just really exciting to see. I love a basketball game like we saw tonight. So hopefully we get some more of that during these NBA Finals. We will. Well, I'll say Milwaukee fits that category too, and they have the last few years. I'm kind of devastated that they're in against the Suns because I've been rooting for them for a long time. And it's going to be fun to watch this series, unlike watching the Clippers where there was plenty of players to dislike and lots of – um, heat, let's just say, uh, contention. Um, th- this is a team th- that plays basketball at a really just, I don't know, I hate using cliches, but a really high caliber. Like, they do it really balanced. They know how to do it well. They've been doing it for a long time. And they're fun to watch, too. They've got that balance that the Suns have. One of the things I loved about the ten sec- seven seconds or less Suns back in the Steve Nash days and the Mike D'Antoni days was how fun they were. I mean, they revolutionized. They essentially created Bill Simmons's uh, NBA League Pass watch list, you know, or whatever it is, you know. And the Suns are back on that list, and they're doing Which it. Which now are the Grizzlies, baby. 
they are. Isn't that cool? I know. <laughs> the Grizz- and, and that's what I love about the Grizzlies is they're on that rise, and they're still fun to watch. So you, you get the best of both worlds of rebuilding and growing, but also being really fun to watch. And the Suns have been close to that over the last couple of years, but the level they're at now is they've got that offensive funness, but they're, they've got, which is seven seconds or less Suns did, and they've got defense, their complete team. And that's what Milwaukee is too. And that's what's fun about both those teams being in there is they can play at that pace we saw in the first quarter. They can have incredible scoring nights. And then they play really good defense. And they're two of the most fun teams to have in there. I'm really happy about this, this finals matchup. If more of the games are like we saw tonight in game one, it's going to be a good time. And yeah. we're, we're absolutely here for it. And, you know, we know you are crazy here for it. So I'm 100%. glad you get to watch the games with, with family and friends in Phoenix. So tell us the truth, man. You're going to drop the big bucks, get to a game. Is it happening? Is it in the cards? <laughs> it I is. I know you want to. It's, it's an ongoing debate. Uh, Maybe. What are they what are they going for out there at uh it's, at the well named Phoenix Suns Arena? I I'm glad you mentioned that too. I love a stadium named after the actual team. Um We all know how temporary that is, especially after they raised their Q rating a bit this year. For sure. But it is way better than Talking Stick Resort Arena. Especially <laughs> when there's if you go to concerts around this area, there's also Talking Stick Resort, which has concerts. So it's like, where are you going for this concert? Anyway. Um I'm debating. They're going for a minimum. I think you're looking nine hundred bucks. Like I'm, the way I'm, I'm budgeting a thousand dollars, and that makes it really tough, especially if you're if you go with a crew and you got to leave people out, and that's that's yeah. not that easy. Yeah. So it's a long shot. But what I have committed to doing is for every closeout game, uh, no matter which way it goes, for every closeout game, I will be downtown. Uh, and I will be close to the celebration, whether that's at the arena if we're away or or at uh, one of the many bars and restaurants that are playing the games. I mean, everybody's either putting up like we saw at tailgate when uh, we were watching the Predators putting up a, 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 a projector screen or changing their whole scenario to be able to accommodate the Suns. Everything's happening around that right now, so it won't be hard to find a spot. I love it, man. I yeah. love it. Yeah, yeah. We, we talked about that going to being spoiled, seeing that for Preds playoffs year after year, and it's just such an exciting thing for a city. It's such an exciting thing for a sports fan to be a part of. True. Everybody deserves their chance to get out there with their city on a deep playoff run. Man, it's it's exciting. It absolutely is. It really is. Um if you're not going to wear your really ugly Arizona Diamondback shirt to show your show your support, uh, which which <laughs> well that was a lo- that was a long ago that was probably a year one walk it off it, it was it? I you know we're lucky enough to have memories on our photo sharing things or whatever now Amazon photos I think who knows and that was it just that was around this time I think three or four years ago let's call it three years ago. So if you're not going to make any uh, Diamondbacks based bets this season, <laughs> I bet they lose more games. <laughs> uh, no, um, I uh, no. I You'd don't. have to be betting them against the what the sixty two Mets. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what: if Eduardo Escobar winds up in the home run derby, then I will do a bet with you relative into the home run derby, but. Which is obviously a long shot. He'd be our only guy in there, I think. I mean, as of tonight, there's still two open spots for the Home Run Derby, right? I believe so, yeah. We've got six of eight filled for the Home Run Derby, which... They're um, really slow playing this. Yeah, they really are slow playing this. I, I'm i kind of surprised by it, but there's still time. And, and every time they drop somebody new on the on the news, it's somebody worthwhile. So far, this is a great lineup. I hope that they're slow playing this because they're constantly putting pressure on Vlad and Tatis juniors to get their names back in the hat. Cause man, that would be so much fun to watch. I mean, I, look, it's already a fantastic event. We got showtime in this event in the home run derby. We've got the polar bear, Pete Alonzo defending his title. You've got your obligatory home run hometown, home run hitter and Trevor story. Yep. We've got a catcher hitting home runs. And then for us, we've got a beloved ex-Nashville sound. Matt Olson just got announced 
in his first all-star season well deserved that's gonna be some good stuff man that was a fun sounds team when the a's were here we had matt chapman for a little while you know matt olson ramon loriano and that laser cannon out in center field out of the park mark Kana. just a lot of a lot of fun stuff out there of course max muncie was on those teams as well that's true and he's someone who's got to be considered for one of those last two spots so we could you know does muncie still lead the league in home run rate because he was he was setting records for that for a little while. Is it home run rate per at bat? So I'm still pretty excited to see who these last two names that get announced will. You want to uh, you want to toss any bets out over that? There are. I know we've been hearing we uh, we heard Reese Hoskins' name thrown around a little bit, right? We have heard Reese, Olson got announced. Reese Hoskins. Yep, that's the only name I've seen really batted around recently. I mean, the two that I would really like, I mean, there's there's a whole long list, but I think we were talking about this before we get on the air, and so I'm going to raise him to the top. Nelson Cruz would be a lot of fun to see in there, who's just been uh, the one, arguably one of the most consistent sluggers over the last few years. And, and throughout the boomstick. His, the boomstick. And he's in his 40s, Has he ever man. been in a home run? <sighs> I'm a, I don't know why. I just got a real high pitch there, but. That's how surprised I am thinking back. I don't remember <laughs> Nelson Cruz ever being in a home run derby. Uh, you know, I have the internet, so I'll do a, I'll, I'll have a quick check on that. But I don't recall him ever. Oh wait, hold on, hold on. Two thousand nine, Major League Home Run Derby. Here's the here's the lineup. Two thousand nine at Bush Stadium, Prince Fielder, who won it. Another former Sound. Nelson Cruz, Ryan Howard. Albert Pujols, Carlos Pena, Joe Maurer, Adrian Gonzalez, and Brandon Inge. Brandon Inge was in a home run derby? Yeah. Wow. Yep. There's your trivia challenge for today. Yeah, I know, huh? Hey, two of those guys aren't retired yet. That That's true. Isn't that crazy? I and, and that leads me to say it'd be fun to see Albert Pujols in there. It really would. Just to get one more out of him. He oh, can, we know he can crush it still. All right. Speaking of our DH types, has J.D. Martinez ever been in a home run derby while you are mastering this internet research? Because I'd be surprised. I'm pretty sure he I also he has. don't recall him ever being in one. As th- someone who's been such a prolific slugger for so long. I feel like he has. Maybe that was the year that he, he – maybe it was with Detroit? Maybe not. Maybe. Or his platoon hitter Astros days? Yeah. I don't see him in the home run derby. All I see is I'm goggling this, uh, Googling, as as the normal people say, uh, is all his declinations of the home run derby. Okay. He doesn't want to do it. So uh, 2018, he didn't want to have anything to do with it. 2019, so he didn't want to have anything to do with Cruz it. So we forgot about Cruz in 09, but yeah, maybe Martinez has never participated. This would be he a good year a for surprise. it. That Joe Mauer home run derby, was that the last time a catcher participated? Because I'm trying to remember another one in that. So that's, It'd that's be fun pretty to fascinating see. as well. So it, Salvi Perez going this year yeah. is interesting. He's got to be obviously one of the biggest long shots in the derby field, no matter who the next two released are, unless we get Brandon Inge again. And yeah, I know. Huh? Brandon Inge. It'd be nice to see uh, – it'd be nice to see – JT Real Muto in there too, honestly. Like I think he'd be a good one to have in that space. But I can't. What f- about our three hundred million dollar players who haven't made an All Star game since their contracts? Could you see Bryce or Machado getting an invite? It's about time, I think, for Bryce to get back. He, uh, I feel like he kind of needs it at this point. But I guess Machado does too. I those they're on the list for sure. I mean, I, it'd, be, it'd be great to see them back in it. You know, they're because at least they have the name to get in there. But it, it just kind of, I'm kind of curious what the goal for MLB is right here. And this is no criticism. Do we want to fill it out with people who would be good contestants at this point? Because you've got top tier names. Every good contestant's going to be a generally top tier name, admittedly. But or, hey, or this isn't the slam dunk contest. 
It, that's true. The home run derby gets the big names now. It it's, does. I mean, it's a shame that there's no Vlad or Tatis, but they have legitimate reasons not to be involved this year. Yeah. But yeah, this is still exciting stuff. I can't believe Otani's in it. I can't believe he's a pitching and hitting all-star. He's going to play in the game both ways. Like, this is just exciting stuff. I'm so ready for this all-star weekend. It should be fun, man. I'm very fascinated by this one, too. There weren't really anybody I could see as a huge snub this year. You get those big question marks. The rosters look fairly good. You know, there's there's always a couple guys from teams that need one representative under the rules that really shouldn't be all-stars. But that's expected, and I'm a, a personally a fan of that rule, that each team gets at least one per layer in there. That's nice. And big news today, the Mets got rained out. That puts Jacob deGrom on a different schedule. Maybe he won't pitch the Sunday before the All-Star game now. Maybe we'll actually get to see the best pitcher in baseball start the All-Star game. Haven't heard anything about it since the rainout tonight, but that question is definitely on the top of most fans' minds as far as the All-Star game goes. Since there was a rainout on his scheduled pitching night tonight, does this mean we might see DeGoat in the Home Run Derby? Uh, not the Home Run Derby. I'd like to see him there, too, the way he's been swinging the bat. I- but in the yeah, know, All-Star huh? game, presumably starting for the National League. But, man, that National League pitching rotation is unbelievably stacked. That's the, my biggest takeaway from these All-Star rosters is just the difference between these two pitching rotations. I mean, you could name five or six guys in the NL who would easily start for the American League team who didn't make this team. I mean, Walker Bueller couldn't make this All-Star team. True. Clayton Kershaw couldn't make this All-Star team. <laughs> Max Scherzer couldn't make this all-star team. That's crazy. I mean, even guys who are having career seasons sort of out of nowhere, your Taiwan Walker types. Yeah. Who would be, again, starters on the American League team. This NL pitching rotation is just ridiculous by the numbers. It is ridiculous by the numbers. And, yeah, I mean, just really impressive all the way down to the end there and some Really great names with Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns and Kevin Gossman. What a great season he's had. Uh, yeah, really wonderful. I, I will say, though, you were saying fans are rooting to have Jake DeGrom start. And I'm in that boat, kind of. But I have my fantasy team. and Who doesn't want to see the best pitcher in the game start the All-Star game? The guy who I nearly had an immaculate inning in his first All-Star game. I need two starts out of him this week, dude. <laughs> I need him. I need Sorry him to go. Su- if he doesn't go Sunday, I only get one Jake Degrom this week, and and it'll it, probably be tomorrow in a doubleheader, so seven innings max. I'm a little disappointed Not that by this. Are playing more than seven innings anymore, anyway. That's so. true. That's true. I mean, he he might go that deep, but still. Um, a little disappointed by that because I've got a big rivalry this week. Uh, not to make this whole show about me, but. Um, yeah, it'd be, it, the All-Star game would be remiss and missing if we didn't have him there, because especially because he is just on this historic tear. There's There's been no pitcher like him in decades, and eons, it feels like, to be this dominant and to not have that represented at the All-Star game, especially when you have such special players like Shohei Otani showing up, and you have such young players like Juan Soto and players like that who are just revolutionizing revolutionizing the game Fernando Tatis this is you, you got to have somebody like him on the mound on the field for something like this what about that leaping catch Tatis made the other night <laughs> he's, he's insane he's a human highlight reel he really it's is fantastic and how oh. how lucky are we to have him and Ronald Acuña and uh and and Juan Soto and I mean, gosh, all these other young players that are just making their mark along with these veterans like uh, like Jake DeGrom in, in, in the pitching world and that whole NL lineup you're talking about. This is just, in terms of talent, the MLB is so deep right now, it feels like. And you've got so many young talent. For sure. And and that's not young even mentioning, talent. you know, Wander, uh, the Wander, <laughs> what's his last name? Why do I his name? Franco. Franco. Thank you very much. Wander Franco coming up, although he had a nice 0 for 15 stretch after that kickoff. But you know the talent that's coming in is just is just insane. 
that's what we were sort of alluding to there. Major League Baseball's first two $300 million players haven't made an all-star team since combined between them. It's Maybe uh, Garrett Cole shouldn't be anymore now that the sticky substance crackdowns happened because, man, he has looked like two different pitchers. Yeah, that's – I mean, as much as I hate that, that crackdown and how annoying MLB has been about it, it's really shown a uh, – a contrast between the players that depend on it and those that don't. You got to have some extra respect, right, for the players that haven't depended on it to pitch the level that they are. Um, that's it. Blows your mind. I mean, t- let's just look at Jake Degrom. Like he's Jake Degrom, no matter what you're doing, and that that's insane. I've always thought it kind of silly that MLB doesn't allow teams to trade draft picks. Until recently, yeah. they weren't even allowed to trade players within their first year of being drafted. But, you know, there's something beautiful about that. When you see these next waves of players coming up, it's just, it shows how important it is to develop your homegrown players. Yeah. When the guys who are getting the $300 million contracts, you're, you know, Machado, Harper, Lindor. Yeah. Aren't on all-star game teams. True. You well, know, it's, it's these young players who are the next wave of baseball and that, you hate to make it the business side, but that cost-controlled talent, yeah. it's so, so important. And that leads us to the next part of this All-Star Game weekend, which is on Sunday night before we hit the air on WXNA to do our episode of Walk It Off. By that time, we will know who gets drafted in the first round because this will be the first year the MLB draft will be held during All-Star Weekend with round one on Sunday, followed by the Futures Game highlighting top prospects. Very nice synchronicity right there. It is. I like it. Uh, I don't know yet if I'm a fan of them moving the draft to All-Star Weekend. I I like the optics. I think it's fun. I like the extra couple weeks for teams to analyze players, especially in a weird situation like this where, you know, all these draft guys still missed a whole season with COVID. There's still interesting debates to be had on how much everyone was scouted. There's a lot of question marks out there. But I also liked the old system where it happened during the College World Series. <laughs> and it was really bizarre seeing guys play in the World Series in what should be the biggest moment of their lives and then having to answer questions about being drafted in the first round. Yeah. Obviously, we all remember Dansby Swanson getting drafted out of Vanderbilt <laughs> as they were playing for the College Baseball World Series. It makes for weird optics, but I don't know. I think I'm going to like this. I think I'm going to like the... Uh, it being held during All-Star Weekend right before the Futures game. And, of course, on a selfish note, on a Sunday, so we get to talk about it when it's hot and fresh off the presses. Can't, can't argue with that. I mean, that's obviously a bonus for us. It's also, I, I know we've talked about the experiments that MLB is willing to run, you know, whether that be in, in the minors or trying to change the game and for what reason. But, you know, so let's take that little perspective and just kind of set it to the side for a second and think about all the comparisons we've made of uh, all-star games and you know, the MLB isn't hurting, but their all-star game outside the home run derby. I guess it is. I mean, what, what do we probably rate it? Number two behind NHL. So we go NHL, MLB, NBA, NFL, probably. I'd put MLB and NBA pretty close to each other. Cause I, I agree, but I think the home run derby gives it the lift. Uh, oh, definitely. The home run abo- derby is above the and beyond best skills competition. Yeah, and the, in, in any sport right now, it's it, must-watch TV. Agreed. So I think that, in my book, puts them in a clear second for the the whole enterprise of All Star Weekend. So they, I, in my opinion, they don't need a lot of help. You know, I feel like the NBA needs some help to fix All Star Weekend. I feel like the NFL certainly does. They haven't figured it out yet. MLB's got a pretty good system going on. So I don't feel like they need to make a move like this, but I like them experimenting on something like this. It doesn't feel harmful. It, it has a lot of potentially great attributes, and I think it fits with the whole thing. You described a lot of great reasons for it to separate it from the College World Series, just optically. It fits really well right here. If we're going to celebrate baseball, why do they need to be? There's already no offseason, but why do they need to be like the NFL where every two weeks there's something brand new happening? Why not create a weekend where you're celebrating baseball. And that's pretty darn fun. So I'm looking forward to it. I really am. Yeah, go for it. Plus, while we're talking about this, 
if we're ranking our all-star games, if we're ranking drafts, MLB is a solid third place, possibly fourth, you know? Agreed. They've been rising now. I think they're very solidly in third place. Obviously, the NFL draft is super exciting. It's the biggest. Yep. But the NBA draft is way up there, too. It's an event. It's endlessly scrutinized. The MLB draft used to be something that nobody really cared about. That's one thing that I will give Rob Manfred and the newer brain trust of MLB credit for doing well with their changes. They've made the MLB draft into an event. We've seen it now split up into different days. You know, there's going to be, it's like the NFL draft, round one's going to be its own day on Sunday, followed by the next rounds over the next two days of All Star Weekend. And also, they've made it an event TV wise. Yeah. It felt like it wasn't even televised for years and years. And then we saw MLB Network get on board, you know, having that good setup with the dugout and inviting some players to be there, having it become an event like the NBA and NFL drafts. And that's pushed up to the point where it's on ESPN this year. Yeah. The first round of the of the MLB draft is going to be a big deal. That makes a big difference. So, you know, good work for them. I think it's easily past the NHL draft in most fans' hearts and minds to become a solid third on that point. But it's been rising. It's been rising very steadily as event television, as something we need to watch. And yeah, it's it's definitely going to be exciting. This year's really interesting because there hasn't been a consensus number one for a long time in all your mock drafts and all your prospect ratings. You've had kind of tiers. And there's been as many as, I'd say, 10 players considered in the top tier, maybe eight. Eight, eight in the top tier of players who could all make an argument for the number one pick, who could all make an argument for top five type of picks. Your guys like Henry Davis or Jordan Lawler have been there in the past. Obviously, we're big on Vanderbilt's one-two punch of Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter, who have both been mentioned as the number one overall draft pick recent in recent terms. Right now, as it comes to the week before the draft, it seems like Marcelo Meyer, the big shortstop, has the most argument as being number one overall. It seems like he's the guy in the lead. But it wouldn't surprise too many players if it was somebody like Lawler, you know. And there's other pitchers making their way up there, too. So we've we've been talking about tiers here. And that still seems like what it's separated into for a large part. You've got, okay, this level of college bats, this level of college arms. A guy like, like Bedner pitched his way into it in Mississippi State, outdueling Rocker in that decisive yeah, it's true. You know, college baseball World Series game. He might have pushed himself up to a top 15, top 10 draft pick on that giant stage, throwing a one-hitter against Vandy. You know, it was, well, did he even allow that hit? I don't think so. He, I don't think he allowed well, any of it. It was a one-hit game, but, yeah, I don't think it was, it was attributed to him. Yeah. Just really interesting where this goes. You know, we've... We're going to be following along real closely to see where guys like Leiter and Rocker go, of course, from being right here in Nashville, from Vanderbilt, and with the hype and the the performance, the justified hype, yeah. the exceeded hype. I've, you know, I found it a little unfair that we've been hearing, especially Rocker, sliding in these last couple weeks before the draft comes up. So it's it's really fascinating to see that this is it's happening now. It's Sunday night. We're going to see what happens. And, yeah, is there... Do the uh, do the Detroit Tigers, you know, do the Pittsburgh Pirates with that top pick have a distinct? Do these guys have a distinct choice at number one, or are they going to try to cut side deals? Do the all hold save money there that was made famous by Carlos Correa getting signed number one for a kind of a cut rate deal, so they yeah. could sign bigger later. Lots of lots of interesting stuff, but I think with the. Both lack of information and exceeding amount of expectations <laughs> yeah. that we've had through this extended draft period. It's going to make a lot of teams really not sure of of who their draft board until the very last moment. It's going to be so tough. Seeing it on this big stage is going to be a lot of fun. But yeah, right now, it definitely seems like Marcelo Meyer has the inside track to be 1-1 overall. Well, as we know, it'll change day to day between now and then. I mean, and that's what's fun about it leading up until then. We're going to have a totally different perspective on Sunday as that comes to fruition. 
That's one of my favorite thing about things about the drafts. And one of the things I'm excited to have the MLB draft more front and center and and forgive my ignorance, but one of the things that I'm not used to as being a NFL and NBA draft uh, uh, focal person uh, for most As of my was life. everybody. Yeah, <laughs> understandable. Is I don't know what the strategy is when you don't draft for immediate need. That's really difficult for me because normally it's either best available as the general rule or fill a gap depending on where you are. And you have the ability in the MLB to just draft best available and just go that route because the chances of any of these guys making an immediate impact are slim. So that's a really hard I, I think to wrap my head around, I mean, it, that just shows you that this is just a major bet on who has the most potential, which just makes it harder to choose between two players when you're just going best available, honestly. I'm glad you brought that up because that's one of the biggest challenges NBA's ha- uh, MLB has had in making their draft really accessible to the casual fan and why this is so impressive that they've made it more of an event because, yeah, it's, it could be years before you see even the top guys hit the field for your team. I mean, we talk about a, a guy like Adley Rutschman, who was such a slam dunk as the number one overall pick, the hottest catching prospect since Joe Maurer, just a huge, huge name who's exceeded expectations at every stop. He's still not in the majors. Yeah. You know, there's uh, even these slam dunk type of prospects. And, yeah, we get that question now with the Orioles drafting high in this one. If they think Henry Davis is the most talented guy on their draft board, are they going to pick another catcher this high? When you've got Rushman still making his way through the system to the big league team, hasn't even started his major league career yet. It's a great point. It's really fascinating. And then you've got certain teams that are real heavy on pitching prospects versus position player prospects. We all know, you know, Theo Epstein basically built the world championship Cubs by going straight position player prospects. For a long time, stocking up on that, thinking that pitchers are much more volatile. So he would use his free agent money to sign the sure things for pitchers, as far as he thought. You know, there's so many different schools of thought, and no two teams are alike in what they value or what they think is going to be there. It makes it more impressive that MLB has made us care about the draft. True. And it's a sign of how fans have gotten so much smarter because they listen to shows like Walk It Off. No doubt. No doubt. We're, and we're doing it. All that in-depth information, the endless 24-7 news cycle. But you get so excited about these players who you're not going to see for years. I mean, well, I wish I had the notes right off the top of my head, but I was so excited for a team that I don't root for in the Cincinnati Reds drafting Hunter Green just because he was such an exciting prospect. An athletic specimen who was a you know, talk about a dual threat guy who could play shortstop, but also has a 102 mile an hour fastball as a teenager. Just a guy who's coming up through the market. Every uh, iteration of MLB, the show that's come out since he was drafted, I make sure to trade him onto my franchise because <laughs> that's just a fun type of player that you're excited to see. He still hasn't made the majors either. You know, he's he got his promotion now. So if you wanted to go see him in Chattanooga, you missed the boat. Over here as a lookout. He's now playing AAA Louisville Bats, also right down the street. Your Cincinnati farm teams, they'll be playing against the Nashville Sounds coming up next week and last week. So we still got our chances to see these high-end prospects, but we also know their names now. True. And that's, you know, that's such a big change between MLB players who can go, you know, four or five years before they make an impact on your major league team even these you know these international signings who get signed as 16 year olds yeah and then maybe you forget about them for four or five years and then you're like oh you reached double a (laughs) no it's true but like that name recognition wow that name recognition is giving it a little bit more clout a little bit more um weight to you know the the whole the, the the metaphor i'm thinking of is in the MLB or the NFL, when you draft a quarterback that's a high prospect and you've got him behind a, a middling quarterback, the quarterback controversy that comes with that of when do you start him? And the, and the fans know him, the, the, the backup. They know the value. They know the prospect. So they're clamoring for that person to get in there. 
And you know that just that name recognition, that visibility changes the tract of a player to move up through the minors and into and, and get a shot be, just because of the pressure from fans and the ability to potentially sell merchandise too, among other things. So just it, think how Andy Dalton feels right now. Yeah, I know. True, true, true. It's uh it, it's it's a weird world. It's fun to see them kinda MLB kinda come to that area a little bit more. But I think I think another part of it is just seeing the success of teams like the Cubs like the Houston Astros, like the Chicago White Sox that have built themselves up through a really great draft and prospect strategy rather than signing the $300 million person. And this year has done nothing but prove more of that value, frankly, at this point. Um, so it, it just it, it brings it beyond just the expert fan and brings it more to the casual fan, just still not at the level of the NFL and the NBA to watch these prospects, but it's It's gaining momentum and that's fun. Hey man, we can't wait. And yep. we'll, we'll know on Sunday night. We'll know what team Jack Leiter's on. We'll know what team Kamar Rocker is on yeah, We'll know a lot of in five night. or six years. Perhaps. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, Maybe shorter for those if he guys. doesn't They're get pretty polished. If he doesn't get traded too, cause you never know too. That's a big part. Yeah. Those are trade assets too. Uh, that's always there, man. It's always a possibility. Although, your teams at the top of the draft are going to be at the top of the draft again next year. It yeah, seems like I think so. Though they might still be holding on to their prospects instead of trading them away. But hey, you never you never know. That's the beauty of it. Mm -hmm. Who expected that we'll hit the All Star break with the San Francisco Giants with the best record in MLB? You know, the Boston Red Sox trying to do another worst to first season. This is a weird it's, world, man. It's I, part of being a fan. It's beautiful. And hey, we'll know on Sunday night. And then we'll be there for you Sunday night Heck yeah. on WXNA, on Walk It Off with Drew and Dave. Can't wait to see like you there, everybody. brother, man. Cheers. Great talking to you as always, buddy. We'll see you next week. You got it, brother.